Hi, welcome to Sammy Knows, the podcast about business ownership, motherhood and juggling everything in between. I hope that you enjoy listening and I'd love to hear some feedback on my episodes. Hey everyone, so on today's episode we are going to be discussing the differences between staff. So we're going to be discussing um, self-employed staff, employed staff and also the commission split staff. So I want to go through each of the staff so that I can go through the pros and cons of each. It's something that I get asked from salon owners all the time, constantly actually. Um, What do they do? Do they employ someone? How do they employ someone? Are they better with self-employed, less responsibility, um, commission split seems like means you get the staff to work more um, and they're keen to get more money in the till because then they make more money. So what is the right option? So let's start with um, self-employed. Now, if you have any other questions that I don't cover, please feel free to drop me a message. Um, like I say, it is something um, actually this last couple of weeks has come up in topic conversations a lot. So, which was why I really wanted to cover it for y'all. So, self-employed staff, um, you know, you give them a key, they come and go as they please, and they pay your rental for the space that they use. Now, you can have maybe a hair station you rent out. Um, it could actually be that you don't own a salon, but you're just wanting to rent out a room of your business or a section to a shop, whatever it might be. Self-employed, this is what it's for. It's basically to rent some space out. What this does is it helps you cover your overhead. So the rental from that person then helps you cover your own rent because let's face it, rent isn't cheap. Business rates, all the other bills you have, to have a little bit of guaranteed income that you know is coming in that helps you chip away at those bills is a huge, huge weight off your shoulders. So my salon is a total mix. I have some self-employed staff and I have some employed staff. Now, I don't know if the commission split and I'll explain that later, but both work really well and I used to have a preference. I used to just prefer employed staff because I had had so many issues with self-employed staff. Girls just not showing up and their clients would turn up and they wouldn't be there to see them. You know, girls who would leave the shop in absolute state. Girls who wouldn't be doing things the way I wanted them and I mean that in a hygiene way. So like dirty wax pots, um, not emptying their bins, not sterilising their tweezers properly, you know, really just unhygienic practice. So you name it, I've had it. Um, And for a long time, I was really put off self-employed staff for this reason. Now, one thing you must always do is if you have a space to rent, whether that be a nail bar, a room, an area, you must have a contract. Now, there's loads and loads of templates online for this. Um, and I feel like you want to keep it simple. You just want a basic agreement in place of what you expect and what is expected of the person and what you're offering to them. So main things to include are things like cleaning up at the end of each day. Now, you're not asking them to scrub the toilets. You're not asking them to, you know, but if they're in the bathroom and the sinks are covered in stuff, just a quick wipe or, you know, empty your bins, wipe down your area at the end of the day, make sure your tools are clean, that sort of thing. Um, so contracts are a huge one. Now in your contract you should have the days that have been agreed. So if you've got someone just renting from you two days a week, you want your daily or weekly rental in there and you also want a time where you can do contract reviews at some point, which is completely fine. Um, normally mine are six monthly and um, allows me to change up like what my renters are paying, that sort of thing. 
Um, it should be signed by both parties and kept. Basic agreement of what's included. So what do they get? Do they get a trolley? Do they get a chair to use? Do they have a treatment room with a sink? Are the clients allowed to use the Wi-Fi? Is the tea and coffee services included? All of that stuff, really, really important. So make sure you have a good think and you put everything in there, okay? So it's really important to make sure that you are having people that are working to your team ethics. So people that are working clean, people that are doing what you want them to do. The other thing I would like to add in that isn't actually on my list to cover is insurance they need to hold their own individual insurance and it doesn't matter what type of business it is, they must have that and you should hold a copy of that insurance. So uh, make sure you have that. They're more than likely going to be a key holder because most of my self-employed girls, they like to get their daily rental use. So they'll pay for their day, but they'll maybe do 12 hours in a day so that they can make over and above, which I have no issues with. Um, So it needs to be someone that you can trust. Somebody trustworthy that can be around all the other stock, all the other information, any cash that you do leave. I mean, normally, obviously, you wouldn't leave cash on premises, but you know what, like, you can say, oh, I'll do that banking tomorrow. So you need somebody trustworthy. Um, and you need somebody who is really good at their treatments because it's a direct reflection of your business. Say you, ha- you, lent- you let your room out to somebody who does aesthetics. It's only one day a month. But that person hasn't had great training and they botch somebody's lips. People are not saying, oh, that woman's such and such. They're saying, that salon. I went to that salon. This is what happened at that salon. So actually, self-employed girls are quite a risk um, in that sense of your reputation. So it's really, really, really important. I can't state this enough to make sure that all of the team um, are really, really good at what they do and they don't cut corners. Um, I make sure that their work is up to a certain standard, that they're keeping their uh, equipment clean and tidy and that their customer mannerisms are really good. Like you don't want a client walking in and they're the only person in the salon and they're like, I'd like to book an appointment. Well, you can't, you know, like there's nobody here to the house, so you just can't, you don't need that. So you need people who are going to say, well, there's anybody available at the moment, but I'll give you the website number. Here's the email. If you send your inquiry over, someone will come back to you as soon as with, um, and be able to help you with that. Same with patch testing, you know, a team that help each other with patch testing. I do need to apologise, I still have the tail end of this cold, it's been four weeks now, it isn't going anywhere so my voice is still a wee bit croaky so total apologies, I don't normally sound like Kermit. Um, then we're going to cover employed staff. Now, I have a fantastic employed team. Um, is it without its problems? No, it 100% is not, okay? With having employed staff, you obviously need employment contracts, you need employers liability insurance, and you need a PAYE system. I prefer to pay somebody to do the PAYE for me. It's just a job I don't need. So I submit my hours and they're on the payroll for me. Um, now, one thing I'm finding harder and harder with this category is people don't want to take on employees now because they don't want to pay maternity pay. They don't want to have to pay sick pay. They don't want all those responsibilities. But overall, you know, not everybody in the world wants to be self-employed. Not everybody wants the responsibility of having to market their business, worry about if there's not enough business. A lot of them just like their wage. They just like their guaranteed wage. They like to be able to get a mortgage, to do all the things they want to do and know that that's the salary they're going to get. And these people are perfect for employment. Um, And a lot of them are really loyal to the business as well. I've had a lot of girls that have been with me a long time and I can't rave about employed staff enough. 
there are definitely downsides. If you get one bad egg, it can pull the whole team down. Um, you can also, it's also very difficult if you're a one-man band to keep on top of all the changes in employment law and to know that you're doing everything right all the time. I'd recommend outsourcing to a company because this is really a rocky road. Like, it's so difficult. Stuff comes up all the time. You know, there was a salon I read an article about the other week that actually got sued over uniform allowance and they'd provided all the staff with uniform, but because they hadn't paid for the the um the staff's shoes, it was an issue. And they they won the claim in the end, they didn't have to pay out, but what all I could think of was you can't actually do anything right. Somebody's always looking for a fault in everything that you do. And I feel that this with employment is obviously a little bit riskier, but I feel the overall of what you can make as a, a salon if you can get good employed staff and your team ethos and all those things you can instill in your staff, the training, the development, the because you might get self-employed staff and yeah, you're getting your rental, but most of the time your self-employed staff, they're not making you any money. They're just helping to cover your overheads. So you're never going to be that profitable if you just go down the self-employed route. And it comes down to profit at the end of the day. Um, employed staff, like I say, the benefit to them is they have a secure job, they have holiday pay, they have all those benefits that go along with it. But And when they go home at night, they just put their phones off and off they go. They don't have clients messaging them 24-7. They don't have to worry about their social media or their marketing or all the other stuff on top of that. They literally turn up, they see their clients, they you know, do the general salon jobs and they go home. And for a lot of people, that is the best option. And to be honest, there are definitely some days where I think, I wish I had that option. Just rock up, just do my job and go home and put my phone off and that was me. Um, But unfortunately, I am glutton for punishment and I just can't help myself. So um, I love having an employed team and I love having a mixed team. Um, I do have the right people just now, and that's key, having the right people in your business. Like, we advertise rooms to rent, hair stations to rent. But again, it's finding the right person, not just taking on anybody and everybody, because, like I say, it could ruin your reputation. So please tread carefully with that. The other thing I want to talk about is commission split now. I actually had a salon owner on the phone just last week saying that they wanted to remodel their business, but they wanted to do it as a commission split. Now, you'll know this as it's popular in the hair and beauty industry because, so say a hairdresser takes in 100 quid, maybe 60% of that goes to the employee or the employer and the other 40 goes the other way. So depending on what contract you have. However, there was a new thing that came out from HMRC and it's called an IR35. So if you are considering this at all, um, look up the IR35. So basically HMRC are um, clamping down on this type of, um, I don't, not, not employment, but basically model, this model, because it's disguised as employment. It's, it's, I've seen a number of salon owners get sued over this because it looks like employment, but it's not, but it kind of is. So it's really, really risky. It's a really risky option for your salon and I would really advise against it. Like I cannot state this enough. So the people that I know that have been sued, they've been sued for holiday pay, for maternity pay, for um, sick pay, um, because it it is a form of disguised employment. Um, and 
it really isn't worth your risk because if you go ahead and you do that and you end up with a huge lawsuit because what you're doing isn't classed as ethical and this goes down to even, I see it a lot for aesthetics practitioners, they'll rent the room on a commission split. It's the same thing. Never split money. Um, Always keep it simple. So either rent or employ, the commission split just isn't worth the risk. And this is going to increase more and more over the next little while. I feel that this is just the tip of the iceberg. And if I can do one thing, it's to just like discourage salon owners from choosing this method. Now, the easiest way to find out what suits you and your business is to talk to an accountant and to run some figures. Now, staff ideally need to be making you three times their salary. This covers things like stock, overhead, VAT, um, like all your electric bills, that sort of stuff. And it's not until you usually get over that three times the salary that they're actually generating a profit, which is scary figures, really. Because if you're paying somebody, just for example, £10 an hour, they need to be making a minimum of £30 an hour before they are breaking even. Now that break, this is obviously not every scenario, but this is sort of like a rough synopsis. I can't even say that word. (laughs) A rough breakdown of it. So £10 an hour, £30 an hour, okay? We also need to account for white space, holidays, sick days, anything that we're paying them for. Now, that's really, really important that you run a full report. Now, I use um, a salon software called Forest. Um, it's my favourite software. Anyone that knows me knows that I am a hardcore Forest fan. I love everything about it and everything that they do for the industry. It is a premium software company and I'm not being paid for this promotion. Um, but if your salon has more than three staff, I would recommend the investment. I don't think it's it's not a risk that you should really be taking. You want software that can help you do everything that you need to do from your marketing to your reports, the whole lot. And Forest is the best one, hands down. But like I say, premium price. So on Forest, um, each month I can run a report and it tells me how much that staff member has taken in in um, service sales and how much they have taken in in commission, as in how much retail they've sold. It also tells me the exact number of hours that they've worked, haul to pay, and I can calculate exactly if they're making enough money. This is also a key tool for if your staff members come to you and say, I would really like, I really think I deserve a pay rise. You need to be able to run the figures and explain to them why you can't give them a pay rise if you can't. Also, you'll be able to pick out your top performers and those people who are generating you a lot of money, you can afford to pay them a lot more than the other staff members because they're consistently bringing in that revenue. So this is where we end up with long-term loyal employees because they're bringing in enough for you to be able to pay them like a substantial like bonus for being there. Many salons do this in different ways. But one thing I find is we do commission on large ticket items. So if they've done a service that is over a couple hundred pounds, so say it's like a microblading service or they've sold a course of IPL, then they get they, they get money from that um, because that is a high ticket item. They've had to train really hard to be able to offer that service. And I can charge a premium because it's a premium service. I need to break it down and obviously make sure I'm still making enough money on it 
to be able to break even and do all the things because a lot of these treatments then come with their own extra expenses like um, extra licensing the insurance for doing these treatments is up through the roof so I have to do my calculations a lot um, there's a lot of calculators you could use sorry to to look at this and to be able to sort it all out but um, they're definitely worth running your figures I feel that there's so much you can learn about your business and about how to keep it not in a deficit I know that like it's really really hard it's really hard like every day can be a fight it really can when you own a salon because you know you could have six cancellations that day and that is really something that could you know turn your business upside down overnight so please always make sure that you're doing all your um figures and that you're running things and ensuring that everything is above board the I've seen a lot of salon owners now I work quite closely with quite a few salon owners now I do this on the on the low down I don't advertise this this is just something I've picked up along the way I would like to do more of it in the future but I feel like sometimes getting an insider an insider in to look at your business as a whole to see it all like when I go in to see salon owners I can point out things that they're just completely missing and it's just because they're in this tunnel vision of make enough money get the bills paid make enough money get the bills paid that it's very rare for salon owners to sit and break down their finances and look at the whole picture. Now, years ago, I had a salon that went bust. Um, it actually went bust after I'd sold my shares, but it still had a lot of implications with that, and I should have kept a better grip of the finances and watched everything. And I've, I'm here and talking about this because I've learned the hard way, and I don't want to see other people learn the hard way. So, one thing, if I can give you any part of advice on your business, is to learn about your finances and it isn't something we all end up coming into this business and being shop owners being salon owners because we think like oh we're so good at our job I'd love to have my own shop I'd love to have my own name above the door but without understanding that stuff that is behind if you don't understand your finances you're gonna fail from the get-go the best thing I ever did was spend a lot of time learning about finances learning about how to read a profit and loss sheet learning about where my money was coming in, where it was going out, you know, it was I making enough to be able to pay this and now I am on top of my finances and yes, things happen, I have had things that I'm like, oh my god, how am I going to manage that, um, especially when it comes down to a huge VAT bill, but now I have a pot that I pay my VAT into and that's made life a lot, lot easier as well because then I'm prepared. So, Sorting out your finances should be your number one goal in your business um, and you should be looking at it from week to week. You should also be keeping a close eye on your bank account. And another bit, if I can give you a little bit of homework from today's episode, and this can be in your personal finances as well, not just your business finances, is to cancel any standing orders or direct debits or subscriptions that you are not currently using. If you are not using that subscription or you're not getting the most out of it, cancel it. I've seen salon owners have six or seven different subscriptions for different things. Things that they're like, oh, I hardly use that. I maybe go on once a month. Well, do you really need it? No, no, I could actually manage without it. Please go through everything because you can save yourself a substantial amount of money by doing this, okay? No unnecessary outgoings. Um, I think really the only other thing that I really want to cover is when you're looking at staff, one of the key the key things is that they fit in with your team, okay? Um, now, I hire, this sounds really strange to some people, and I always get laughed at when I say this, but I hire based on personality, okay? I don't 
care if you're the best plow artist I have ever met in my whole life. I do care that you're the ni- one of the nicest people I've ever met. I do care that you are going to welcome every client that walks through my door. I do care that the rest of the team are going to like you um, because very quickly a sound environment can turn toxic. So if somebody genuinely has customer skills and is a nice person, they are going to be such a fabulous fit for your shop um, or your business, any business. Um, now, I also co-own a training academy, which I think I've covered before, but one of the things with that is I can put the team through any training that they may need. So if somebody's really struggling, I can help them get better at their brows. I can help them, you know, I, I know somebody who can help them get better at their lashes, but I can't, I can't teach customer service. I can't teach being nice to people. People either have that or they don't. And if they're the sort of person that likes to hide away and hide behind their phone screen, then they're wrong for the, for a customer service um, industry. Um, and that is a really harsh thing to say, but if they can't openly just talk to a stranger, they're not for you. Um, clients like a rapport. So clients like somebody who they see and get a really good connection with, okay? Now, another thing, when... I have a team, for example, this isn't the exact scenario because I want to keep identities covered, but I had this girl that started with me and she was unreal at nails. I mean, like one of the best nail techs I've ever seen in my life. And I was absolutely buzzing to get her on board. Loved, like, you know when you just find that person, you're like, their work is amazing and I'm so excited they're coming to my shop. So there was that. And then I had another staff member who was okay nails they weren't great I'm not gonna lie they they weren't the best nails in the world right she'd done plenty training but do you know what she was one of the nicest people I have ever met in my whole life and every single client loved her everybody rebooked because they loved chatting to her they loved her mannerisms the way she was with them she made them feel like they were the most important person in the whole world and that sorry making more noise today between my voice and that um the most important person in the whole world and she was always booked back to back solid and part of me was like you know her nails weren't bad and they definitely weren't awful but they were nowhere near to the standard of this other girl the other girl had zero chat so she would hardly talk to the client she would just put her head down and she was struggling to get rebookings and what I'm looking at I'm thinking this is crazy like this girl's talent is like through the roof but this girl has the the welcoming customer personality. And I figured over the years that that's what you need. That's that's the secret. That is the secret. It's finding the, the people who make your salon welcoming, who make it bubbly, who give the client that customer experience. It's not the people who are amazing at their job and just put their head down. And I'm sure there are people that are like that in the industry that do do well. But overall, in all the people that I've had through the years, it's always the ones with the best personalities that are chatty to the clients that make the clients feel welcome when they come in. Remember key factors from the last point, like last visit that the client was in. So if they remember, well, you know, well, such and such, um, maybe the woman had told her, you know, that she was going on holiday. Next time that client comes in, Oh, how was your holiday? Like, did you have a good time? I can't wait to hear all about it. Staff members who have that rapport with their clients will 10 times over be booked a lot more than staff that don't. 
sorry, I'm like gibbering my words because this wasn't actually on my list to cover. It just sort of came to me there and it is something that I preach is that, so now when my management team go and they do interviews for me, I always say, pick the nicest person. I don't care who has been in the industry the longest. I don't care who has the most qualifications. I don't care who has travelled the world and worked in luxury spas. I care about the person. I care, is that person going to fit in with my team? Is that person going to make my clients feel $100? I mean, I just feel that $100. <laughs> Sorry, I should have said a million, a million bucks, but you know, you, you get the gist. Anyway, that is my most important factor. So if you're looking for any team members to join your shop, please, please, please hire based on personality and not on their training because training is accessible. You can pay for training and yes, it might cost you a little bit more, but at the end you will have a much better team member than if you take on the experienced person with no rapport. Um, And it is, I am seeing it a lot more and I think it's, because we all spend so long staring at our phones, we all send a text message over calling now. We all, like our, our social interaction with each other isn't what it used to be. And I'm seeing more and more people struggle with this over time. Um, and it is something, it is hard to find those people now that are super bubbly, but I promise you, you won't regret it. Um, in next, the next week's issue, issue in this, next week's episode, sorry, you're getting a, getting a fun episode today between my cold and then, um, my jubbled up language. Um, so in next week's episode, I'm going to be covering all, a bit more on what happens when your business grows. So at the moment, you might be small, you might be a one man band. What happens when it grows? Um, do you expand? Do you stay with just one venue? How do you get that salon growth? So that is next week's episode and I cannot wait to cover that one because that is quite a quite a fun one for me because as I grew, there was a lot of things that really, really surprised me about running a much bigger business compared to running a smaller business. And there are pros and cons to both again. But um, yeah, really excited to share that with you. So I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this week's episode, even though I am full of the cold and talking gibberish. Um, I'd be, I'd absolutely love it if you'd leave me some form of feedback, um, especially on my Instagram page or, um, get in touch if you have any questions. I am happy to help, um, salon owners. So if you're struggling, please just get in touch. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed the topics today. If you'd like to contact me directly or you would like any help individually with your own business, please email me at hello at sammymcdonald.com. That's hello at sammymcdonald.com. Sammy spelled with a Y and McDonald is M-A-C. I look forward to hearing from you and thanks for listening.